Hello, friends, and welcome to the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. I'm your host, Carrie Holton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Becky Holton. Yes, you are. You're looking good today, babe. <laughs> Thanks. I got my hair cut. It's, it's looking good. You're Is cute. Is it? You're well, just so oh, cute over stop there. stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've got a question for you. Let's just jump right into this podcast. Okay. Got a question for you. How do you treat guests who come to our home? Well, you know, this is a very personal question for me because it's a special thing, I think, to welcome someone into your home. And I really want people that come into our home to feel welcomed and loved and special. You know, I like to cook food that I know they like. I want them to feel like they're really in a warm environment and they're cared about and they're really... Um, valued as a guest in our home, just really loved. And by the way, I think you've always done a great job of showing hospitality to people who enter our home. Well, thank you. That's just a special thing to bring people into your life like that. Very special. And and it's good to treat them with warmth Mm -hmm. and to smile and to care for their needs, all of that. Well, this is the lead in for what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about how to welcome first-time guests to our Sunday assembly. And of course, there are many similarities between how we welcome guests to our home and how we welcome them to our Sunday worship assembly. I really like the parallel that you're drawing there. And, and you know, we have recently completed a five-part series on how to attract more guests to our Sunday assembly. But in this one, we're kind of changing it up a little bit because we want to devote a couple of podcasts to a discussion of how we treat those guests when they show up, when they visit our assembly. And we want to specifically be looking at how we engage or connect with our first-time guests. Yes, and much of what we're going to say in these podcasts is from personal experience. Yes. But, but many of the ideas that we will present here come from the Unstuck Group with Tony Morgan. I want to give him and his team credit for many of these ideas and recommendations. Right, right. Let's begin by talking about what we want to accomplish when guests visit our assembly for the first time. Well, I think going back to the parallel that you drew at the beginning, surely we want to give them a warm and a friendly reception. We want we want them to know that we are just so glad they came. In fact, you know, this reminds me of a conversation I had with a really good friend a couple of weeks ago, and... She has had some difficult life experiences. And you know what one of the harder things is for her right now? It's to find another place to go to church. And she is dreading that walking in the door and feeling unaccepted and feeling awkward and not knowing anyone. And it's really having an effect on her of just trying to, you know, get back in the swing of going to church somewhere because she's having to change where she worships. It's not easy showing up at a place that's new for the first time. And I think that illustration you gave could be repeated many, many times. It broke my heart. She's a wonderful person. And it's broke my heart. Well, okay, we want to give them a friendly and warm reception when they come. And we may want them to know that we are there to serve them, that we are ready to help them as we can and as needed. However, I think we need to be very careful that we do not overcomplicate 
what our goal is for that first-time guest. I agree, because I think our ultimate goal for those people who are visiting our church for the very first time is basically we just want them to come back. We want them to be glad they came, and we want them to come back. Yes, I agree. I think that should be our goal. We want them to come back. And interestingly, Gary McIntosh and Charles Arne make these claims in their book, What Every Pastor Should Know, 101 Indispensable Rules of Thumb for Leading Your Church. I think these statistics are interesting. They make this claim. If the church is growing, you'll need more than four, you'll need more first-time guests each year than you have people in your total average attendance. So a growing church of 500 will need more than 500 first-time guests in a year. Wow. That certainly speaks to the importance of attracting or welcoming first-time guests. Don't you agree? Absolutely. They also claim that the typical growing church sees 20% of first-time guests become part of the church. Oh, that's why you need to have so many. Yes. And growing churches see nearly 40% of second-time guests become part of the church. And close to 60% of the people will become part of the church after their third visit. That, those are fascinating statistics. And I guess if we could summarize that, we want first-time guests to come back. Yes. Because their re- return will increase the likelihood that they will take their next step toward God and the church. Yes. And I will say again that this is our simple goal for first-time guests, to encourage their return. I think that some of the mistakes churches make regarding first-time guests is that they overcomplicate the goal. They are communicating specific next steps like joining a small group or serving in certain opportunities or inviting guests to come to a four-week or eight-week or 20-week class to learn more about the church or even to get involved in a Bible study. I've seen churches that tried to encourage first-time guests to respond in such ways. Right, and we're not putting down any of these activities because these steps are needed at some point in the journey of this person's life. But for the first-time guests, that's just way too much to ask, especially in this day and age. Uh, Most will only be brought back along this journey in a very slow way because, bottom line, We're building trust with them. So the goal is just to get them to come back for a return visit. But, you know, this begs the question, so what can we do to increase the chance that first-time guests will return? Well, first, may we say that we should put ourselves in the shoes of our guests, many of whom may be visiting our church for the very first time. Absolutely. I think that's a well-advised activity for everyone that attends a current, you know, church somewhere because it is straight up intimidating to walk into a church building for the first time. There's a level of anxiety. You don't know anyone. You may not know what it's expected of you or what's going to happen, what to expect. So at the very least, this means that first-time guests deserve a friendly and warm greeting. And also that those of us that are attending that church will do the very best we can to put them at ease. And, you know, now that we've mentioned a warm and friendly greeting, let's let's talk about the people that do the greeting, the greeters. Because, you know, most churches will have, a volu- have volunteer greeters at every door. Um, what do you think is important to mention about this very special group of greeters? Good. Well, certainly I think they need to be warm and personable. They need to smile a lot. They need to be friendly. 
Right, and I guess we might present some negative examples that we've experienced ourselves. how about we do positive first? Let's let's present a positive example first. Okay. That might be better. Uh, I'm thinking of a specific person just now at the church where we worship, Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking of this lady who I think is a marvelous greeter. She's friendly to everyone. She smiles. She's helpful. She really makes people feel mm-hmm. welcome. I, You know, I would even go so far as to say that there are two or three greeters that I would say um, are in a big part responsible to why we decided to worship there because they're friendly and I outgoing. Agree. I agree. Friends, we'll get back to our conversation about how to welcome first-time guests to the assembly in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you that we're just back from another Effective Church Leaders Workshop, this time in western Oklahoma, where some 45 to 50 people showed up and joined us for this weekend workshop. And what a great experience it was. We talked about we talked about what really makes for a healthy and high-performing leadership team. We talked about how to manage conflict, how to build trust with one another, how to focus on results and to set goals and to establish a five-year vision. We talked about how to embrace accountability. It was just a great weekend together. We want to thank all of those in Western Oklahoma who joined us for this workshop. And by the way, if you'd like to consider hosting such a workshop in your congregation, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Just contact us, Carrie at EffectiveChurchLeaders.com. That's K-E-R-R-Y at EffectiveChurchLeaders.com. Send me an email. We'll start a conversation. We'd love to bring the Effective Church Leaders Workshop to your community and to your church. Now for some negative examples. Yeah, here we go. (laughs) Debbie Downer jumping right on board. Well, I mean, I think those stand out in our minds sometimes a little bit more. But you remember when we visited a church in the Denver area after we moved here. And the greeter, I'll never forget this, asked why we had moved to Denver. And you said, well, I'm finishing a doctoral program. And I will never forget what she said. She said, well, aren't you getting a little long in the tooth to be working on a doctoral program? <laughs> <laughs> I won't forget that. And the fact the fact was, I was getting a little long in the well, tooth I mean, to we be were, working on that program. We weren't there for a dental examination to begin <laughs> with. And she didn't discourage us from visiting that church. But a statement like that, that's very condescending. And that's a real turnoff to someone else. Yes, yes. You know, greeters are very important. Yes, And I think they should be shoulder tapped. In Mm, other words, not everyone is cut out to be a greeter. And it might be wise not to just accept any volunteer who wants to be a greeter because it's such a very important job. When you think about it, the greeter is the face of the church for the first time guest. Mm -hmm. So those folks need to be friendly and warm and sincere. But not necessarily extroverts. I would I would throw that in there. Good. You know, sometimes we feel like you've got to be, you know, all bubbly and, and extroverted, but not necessarily so. I think the word you said, sincere and genuine, is the really, really key word. It, and it goes back to the illustration we started with. We want people to feel like that they're welcoming 
these these greeters are welcoming people into their home. Yes. And they're being hospitable. And it could be that we need to train people at church to have that type of mentality. It is not that visitors are invading or trespassing on their property as they are welcomed guests. And we want to think about what they need that will help them to feel comfortable. You know, one thing that's always really kind of embarrassing for me is when we go to a new congregation and I don't have any idea where the restrooms are and I end up having to ask some older man who can't hear me and then I end up yelling it, you know, and there's no signage, there's no Play, I've heard seen parents wander around not knowing where to take their kids. Um, it it's just um, it, it's just a awkward situation where we really want to help them feel like they're being welcomed into a home. Yes, yes. Well, you're talking about other ways of showing hospitality, like signage and uh, giving them, uh, telling them about what they can expect. Perhaps you think? Yeah, or just even offering to say if they're especially uncomfortable that they could sit with us, offer Good. that if they want. And for crying out loud, if there's an order of worship, put one in their hand. There's nothing that'll make you feel like a doofus than to sit there and not have a clue what's going on, and everybody else does. Well, I hate to hear you cry out loud, but that, that's a good suggestion. <laughs> Don't make me sing it. But, <laughs> well, what else can we do to increase the odds as we think about this, that first-time guests to our Sunday morning services are going to come back if that's our our goal, what are other things we can do to help with that? Yes, well, we've said this before, but I think we should say it again just here because it's just that important. We can do all we can to create a compelling service. Because again, if your assembly doesn't feel worth their time, they won't come back. Right. And and I would say this, the same holds, holds true for the guest's children. You know, parents are going to go through a lot for their kids and they're going, and if their kids are happy and well cared for, they're going to come back. And that means, you know, just um, imagine going into a new school where you've moved into a new community and you walk into a school and it's drab. The teacher is late. She's not prepared. He doesn't even know what he's supposed to be teaching for the day. Kids are yelling and screaming. I mean, there's no control. Imagine how you would feel about leaving your child there. And the same holds true for parents who are leaving children in the care of strangers. They need to feel confident that the teachers are prepared, that this is a safe environment for their kids, and that their kids are going to have a really good experience there. Those are good ideas, babe. And I think what we're saying here is that it's so important that what we offer on Sunday morning, whether it's for adults or for kids, that what we offer is truly remarkable. I agree. You know, in many churches in our country, church attendance is on the decline. Mm-hmm. And we might ask, well, why is that so? We could talk about kids' sports that are now taking over Sunday afternoon yeah. and Sunday morning. Fatigue, exhaustion. We could talk about yard work that people feel like they need Going to Going to the grocery Sunday. store. They have no other time. Just yeah. busyness in mm-hmm. general. But I think we might add that boring church assemblies that don't address the needs of those who attend may also be part of the reason why church attendance is declining. Well, we've heard people say that. Yeah. And I've heard this before. You know, when we consider the needs of those who attend the Sunday assembly, and when we feel the need to make that assembly compelling and remarkable, we are encouraging people to become consumers. And we don't want to do this, do we? I mean, we don't want to encourage a consumeristic society in the church. 
On the other hand, here's how I might respond to that objection. It would be that people are not going to grow into other-centered servants of God right away. That is a maturation and growth process. So we cannot expect first-time guests to come to church for any other motive than to get something out of the assembly for themselves and for their families. True. But I would also add that guests and regular attenders, too, are by nature consumers. So do we want an assembly that is not helpful to those who come? One that is bad, boring, and sloppy? I mean, absolutely no. 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 People won't engage that assembly in that assembly if it's sloppy. In fact, I personally feel like it's an affront to God to have worship assemblies like that that are boring and sloppy and not have, there's obviously no thought and put into it. And I I don't want any part of that. I don't want to be an affront to God like that. And I think our challenge is to create something remarkable. I love that word. Something compelling. An assembly that leaves first-time guests saying, wow, that was really great. I need to come back. I need to get more of this. I need to be a part of this. And besides, a remarkable and compelling assembly may compel them to come back to respond to God and make the next steps toward him. And of course, this is the goal. It is not to put on a show for crying out loud. I'm crying a lot in this one, aren't I? But you I mean, are. it's not to put on a show. And we've heard people say that because if we we're putting on a show, I would put the preacher in a tutu or something. That oh, is not goodness. at all what we're doing. <laughs> I hope but, our preacher doesn't hear that. <laughs> let's pray. We're trying to help people take their next steps toward God. I think that's the point you just made so well. That's it. Is that our, we're not trying to put on a show, but we are trying to do something remarkable so that people will take their next steps toward God. Yes, yes. And again, what we're saying here is that this assembly needs to add value to people's lives. It needs to give their lives meaning and purpose and significance and value. They need to hear something in that assembly. They need an experience in that assembly that will help them in some way. Absolutely. You know, I think this is a good place for us to take a break and we'll start part two next time. So friends, thanks so much for joining us and being a part of this episode today. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Effective Church Leaders podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive.